everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems Podcast. This is a show where we like to talk about streaming services and the hidden gems that you can find on those services. And this is a really fun episode today. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. Ryan is here. Uh, hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. And I'm especially excited because uh, we have a guest today. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Yes, we have a guest. My friend David Healy is here. We used to do uh, a regular show uh, where we would do previews and recaps of the movies, but kind of, COVID kind of killed our show. Yeah, it <laughs> kind of did. But I mean, theaters theaters are as open as they've been for a while, mm -hmm. so I mean, nothing's stopping you from bringing it back. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe for fall. Maybe that would be good. Yeah, that could be uh, fun, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we we had a lot of fun, and uh, we're so excited to have you here. We're doing a one of our diversity showcases that we do on this uh, podcast. So this can be from any of the streaming services. And uh, and we I thought it would just be fun to do one of these for Pride, but also just for other uh, diverse content that's out there so that we can all be more informed and watch these hidden gems that are out there. So David, thank you so much for coming and yeah, doing this I'm, with us. I'm really excited to talk about these three movies that I've picked out. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear, hear about them. So yeah, let's dive in. Uh, and uh, Ryan, why don't you start? What's your first pick? Sure. So my first pick is a documentary. It was released in 1997. It's from the mind of Spike Lee, and it is called Four Little Girls. Uh, this is a very sad documentary. It is not a fun watch at all, not even close. But I'm recommending it because it. I feel like it's an important movie, and in some ways it is still scarily relevant today. This is a documentary that is about the 1963 Birmingham church bombing that killed, well, four little girls. And I will, I will read their names just, just for the sake of I feel compelled to. Addie Mae Collins, Carol Denise McNair, Cynthia Wesley, and Carol Rosamond Robertson. And the documentary is basically about the bombing itself and the fallout from it. And basically this was the first real push of the of what would become the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It was a big push from Martin Luther King, and it was eventually signed by President Lyndon B. Johnson. But um, <clears throat> especially with the events of last year involving the whole George Floyd thing and the and everything like that, I feel like this movie is straight is scarily relevant in some capacity to this day. Like I said, it is not a fun watch, but I feel like it is a very important watch. And I think when it comes to Spike Lee, people talk about movies like Do the Right Thing and as recently as Black Klansman, and those are all great films. Let's not get that twisted. But I think one of his most overlooked is this documentary, Four Little Girls. He put a lot of heart and soul into it, and it really does show. So if you haven't checked it out, I can't recommend it enough. Not a fun watch, but an important one, nonetheless. Yeah, I had never heard of this one, to be honest. So I'm very interested. It, the, where, the, where is the streaming? This is on HBO Max. I, I should have mm. should have started off with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds like it's definitely worthwhile to to watch. Have you ever heard of this one, David? I I have not, but um, it reminds me of the opening scene from Selma, 
which uh, shows that incident happen happening. And uh, yeah, when I watched Selma, that like had me in tears right away. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling this is also a tearjerker, especially since it's a documentary. Oh yeah, this uh, this movie covers pretty much that whole event, warts and all. So emotionally speaking, be prepared. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Uh, so David, what is your first pick? Okay, my first pick is a Kenyan film called Rafiki. Um, a lot of people know the name Rafiki from Lion King, but it's actually a, a word that means friend in Swahili. Um, and this is a lesbian love story in uh, Kenya, which um, it was very controversial because um, that's actually outlawed in Kenya, um, any sort of act of homosexuality. So mm -hmm. this film was banned in Kenya, um, but I just watched it last year and I was surprised by how such a controversial film with kind of something that could be very problematic um, just brought a lot of joy to me. Like it's such a happy film. It's got heavy, heavy moments in it, but for the most part, like you'll be watching this and you'll just be smiling, watching these two girls uh, just kind of have this forbidden love and it just feels so genuine. Um, the acting is great. Um, it's so colorful and vivid, too. Um, I think this is, honestly, I've told people this, I think it's just about on par with something like Moonlight for me. Um, as far as cinematography, story, heart, everything, it just really works. I think this is a great film. Um, and it's funny, I, I was listening to an interview with the director, and she was talking about how um, she almost got it approved to, to show in Kenya, but they just wanted the ending to be changed to have the characters show remorse and regret for what they were doing. And she wasn't willing to compromise on that. It has a pretty hopeful ending. I don't want to give it all away, um, but I'm glad she stuck to her guns because uh, it wouldn't have been the same. So um, this is on Canopy. Um, spoiler, all three of my films that I'm talking about are on Canopy. So if you don't have it, you should look into it. Yeah, Rachel, and I, Rachel and I are big fans. We've done yeah, we actually three, we've done three episodes of on the service already, and we just keep stumbling upon to new things to discover every time. Mm -hmm. We actually just did just last week was our episode was on Canopy, uh, and mm -hmm. and we even said there that it's one of the best services. I mean, it has because it has some mainstream stuff. It has some new stuff. It has some classics. It's got like your Criterion type stuff. It's really got a good variety, and it's free. Mm -hmm. yeah. All you need is all you need is a library card in your set. Yeah. Exactly. Free yeah, ninety nine, my favorite price. <laughs> free ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you all heard of Rafiki or seen it? I, I got feel like I've heard it. About it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I got to be perfectly honest. When I read this title, I'm like, uh, you were right, David. I'm like. Lion King, like, <laughs> like, I, and 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 not and in like an insulting fashion. I was just, I, I just always associated with that character. But I had never heard of this. It it sounds fascinating that a movie like this would get would get banned, and just you would think that film censorship, because it's not really that prevalent in the U.S. At least as far as I know. So when I hear something of this, I'm like, wait, what what year is it again? But I. Mm -hmm. But it just sounds sounds foreign to me, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because um, this is a movie that 
has gone to court. Um, I'm not sure if it's been settled yet, but um, the director's trying to push back because Kenya does have a very new constitution and it should be allowed under freedom of expression. So she's fighting to get it seen in Kenya. Um, so I'm hoping that that will work out or if, if it did work out and I didn't know about it, um, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's definitely worth seeing. And also if you're hesitant to watch foreign language films, this is actually mostly in English. I was pretty surprised mm -hmm. watching it. Um, I would say it's probably about 80% in English. When was it made? Um, I believe this came out in 2018, so it's still also pretty new. Pretty recent, pretty recent. Yeah, interesting. That sounds really good. Yeah. I will have to check that out. Uh, so my first choice is a, a movie that got a lot of play on film Twitter, but I, so some people might argue it's not a hidden gem, but I think for the average person, it certainly didn't do that well at the box office, so I think it counts. I have Booksmart as my as my first pick, and this movie is very raunchy. It's definitely R-rated, not for the faint of heart, but um, I think that the, I love stories about friendship, and the friendship between the two girls I think is really sweet. One of the characters is, it's about two girls who are getting ready to go to college and they realize that they have spent their entire high school year years not having any fun. Um, and so they decide that, and they, then they realize that all these people that were having fun got into the same schools that they were getting into. And so they're like, why did we do that? And so they decide to spend this last weekend just like having crazy, crazy antics and fun. And uh, it's, I don't know, I thought it was charming. I thought it was funny. It is raunchy. And I guess, I mean, I wish it wasn't so raunchy, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it has Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte are in it. They're great. Jason Sudeikis plays the principal slash Uber driver. He's funny. Billy Lord, that's the one. She yeah. plays Gigi and she's great. She's probably the best part about the whole movie. And I mean, there were people that were definitely overselling this, that it was like the greatest teen comedy ever made. I, I'm not there, but I still did enjoy it. And I think uh, it's worth watching, especially for Caitlin Beaver's uh, performance. She, uh, she plays a character who is kind of tentatively exploring her sexuality, exploring who she is. And I thought that she brought a ton of heart to the whole film. She was, she was another really good character. So I don't know. I think it, it's uh, definitely worth watching. And you can, uh, you can watch this one on Hulu. So what do you think of Booksmart, David? Yeah, so I love Booksmart. It was uh, in my top 10 of uh, the year it came out, 2019, I believe, right? Yeah, I, I think it's a hilarious movie. Like you said, Billy Lord kind of steals the show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do think this is the best like recent modern teen comedy, like within the past five years or so. Um, it beats Ladybird yeah. for me. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I think it's definitely worth watching if any it, of you have to. Yeah, I definitely like it better than Edge of 17. I definitely like it better than Ladybird. I mean, I might go for something more like The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I guess that's older than that is my jam mm -hmm. but uh also i loved uh the tell all the boys <laughs> Jeez. 
which I guess we could talk about for diversity. Those are diverse. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I like those, but, uh, but yeah, this is definitely, it's definitely up there. That's for sure. Have you, have you did you get to watch Booksmart, uh, Ryan? Uh, yes, I did. And it's a strange reason why I went to watch this because Caitlin Dever was actually on a TV show I like called Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. And, oh, yeah. and I and I loved her in that. So I'm like, oh, I'll go see it because, you know, I loved her in this other show. So I at least want to give her support there. I, I think this is a tad, just a tad, just overrated. And just that that's just because, that's just because literally everywhere on film Twitter, everywhere you turned, it was like, Booksmart's the greatest movie, like the greatest teen comedy ever made. And so you have these high expectations. And I was just like, okay, that was good. There were, I, I could go off on like one hand of scenes that legitimately made me like, like laugh, like legitimately mm -hmm. laugh. But um, I, I think it was definitely oversold. I wouldn't mind seeing Olivia Wilde write or direct something in the future, because I think in terms of directorial efforts, this is a really good start to one's directing career or writing yeah. A strong debut and I totally relate to the idea of you know looking and seeing you you didn't uh you didn't have quote-unquote fun and you see all these people that got that that played around and and were ridiculous and get, they get into the same schools as you do I'm just like what yeah, I, I had like no fun in high school but I didn't do like half of the stuff that these two did <laughs> Well, I certainly didn't either, but uh, I relate to the feeling at least. <laughs> what? So unfair. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there are, there were some people who definitely oversold it. I get that, but uh, but I still think it's now. I think it's we've had enough space that uh, it's worth them um, bringing up again. I think and and worth checking out. Uh, and I, and I think Olivia Wilde has a new project coming up pretty soon. I, there was a whole thing where she fired Shia LaBeouf and is, she was filming. So that's exciting. So, all right. Well, uh, Ryan, what is your next pick? So my next pick is on the Tubi streaming service. And I'm choosing Roman J. Israel Esquire. And... When I saw this, this was, uh, I saw Coco, the Pixar movie, and this movie in the same night. And, and so that, that's a crazy double feature, yes, I know. <laughs> to go from this big, colorful animated movie to, the, to Roman J. Israel Esquire. It tells the story of a lawyer named, well, Roman J. Israel Esquire. He's played by Denzel Washington. We all know who he is. Uh, and he is, he's basically... He's basically a lawyer that takes all of these smaller cases, the cases that nobody wants. He makes about $500 a month. He lives in a place that is probably bigger than the room I'm sitting in right now, but just barely. He has headphones that I think were outdated even in the early 70s, but anyway. He, after his law partner dies, he gets an offer from, from a prestigious law firm, which is headed up by by Colin Farrell and so he's get and so Roman J Israel Esquire is given free reign to work on his on his big thing the one that he wants to his life work basically to try and 
try and shore up the plea bargaining system because it is consistently abused, especially in, L in LA, according to this movie at least. Uh, I didn't really expect much from this. I, it's Denzel, so I knew he was going to be good in it at least. But I found this movie to be really riveting. Uh, like I said, Denzel's really good, but I like this character. I like how even though he is clearly the smartest guy in any room that he's in, and he has legal talent for days, he just stays where he is and fights these these glamorous fights. He's not Columbo, he's not Perry Mason, but he just chooses to to focus his efforts on what he has done throughout his whole career. And there's something honorable about that. I can see why people would think, oh, this is kind of generic and all, but I think this movie is definitely underrated. Even just like discounting or forgetting about the Denzel performance, I think this movie is just very fascinating and it definitely fell under the radar. Yeah, I actually haven't seen this one. So I, of course, I heard about it when he got nominated, but I didn't get around to seeing it. I think you were a fan. You liked this pretty well, David. Yeah, so it's it's a little complicated, but um, I had, I actually was the opposite. I had very high expectations for this because uh, the, the director's previous film, Nightcrawler, is uh, like an all-time favorite for me. So I was very excited about this. Um, and when I watched it, I thought the movie was decent. But I thought the character of Roman J. Israel Esquire was one of the best written characters I've ever seen in a film. Um, I think Denzel Washington's performance is stellar. In fact, I would say it's his best performance I've seen. Wow. Um, I know. It's like, I, it's crazy how much I enjoy this character. And I think it's so much bigger than what the movie has to offer. So I think if you want a great character study, this is something I would highly recommend. Like, this is a movie I still recommend to people, even though I think it could have delivered more as far as the plot goes. Um, but there's some very riveting scenes with Denzel, especially, like, you'll see his paranoia gets to him, like, to such a high level, and it's really fascinating to watch. Um, I won't say, it, it may be justified that he's paranoid. I won't give away too much but um yeah i think it's it's worth checking out for sure you should watch it rachel i know i need to get on it i really do maybe when we do our uh we do our follow-ups maybe that's when i'll i'll do because uh, every every couple months we do a where he where ryan will recommend some movies for me i'll recommend some for him and uh and that's pretty fun so uh i'll have to check that one out uh david what is your next pick Okay, so my next pick is a movie called Other People. Um, this one came out, when did this come out? 2016. Um, and I remember seeing a trailer for this film. It has Molly Shannon, and she's dying of cancer. Her son is played by Jesse Plemons. He's a writer, in, uh, like a comedy writer in New York, and he's coming home to Sacramento to be with his mom as she's dying. Um, so... We're used to seeing Molly Shannon play such like comedic characters. Um, I mean, she was in Superstar, and she goes from that to this, um, which she has a very dramatic role, but there's also a lot of humor and heart to it. Um, and I just watched this last year for the first time. Um, I didn't realize that Jesse Plemons' character was gay, um, and he has to also deal with um, his his parents, his mom's 
accepting. His dad has not come to terms with it yet. Um, so there's that extra layer to the film. Uh, but I like that it's it's not just um, a, a story that's centered around him being gay. That's just an aspect to it. But it's mostly about dealing with this inevitable inevitable um, loss of his mother that's coming. And they they show you from the very first scene that this is not going to end well. Uh, she is going to die. They they reveal that right away, and they do it in a very comedic way. Um, but yeah, I. I could relate to this a lot too. Um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer a few years ago. Luckily, I had a happier ending, um, but hasn't ended yet. She's she's recovered from cancer um, and she's doing fine. Um, but yeah, it, it really hit me being able to relate to a lot of these scenes, um, just worrying about a loved one who's going through this struggle. So. I'll be honest, I cried a lot watching this. Um, it's definitely a tearjerker. Of my three movies, it's it's the one that's going to elicit um, the, the most emotion uh, as far as like sadness goes. Um, but you all should check it out if you haven't seen it. It is available on Canopy, again, and it's on Netflix. Let's just, let me just say first and foremost, David, your mom's a badass. Let's just get <laughs> that out of the way right now. Thank you. Yes. She definitely kicked cancer's butt. <laughs> I, I have to say, before talking about, so I don't know if you knew, that Superstar is one of two movies I've walked out of in my life. Ooh. Yeah. Oh well, don't, don't hold it against Molly <laughs> Shannon. She can act. <laughs> I hated it so much. When they got through Will Ferrell, Jesus, I was like, I'm done. I'm not. That's too much for me. You were, so. like, you were, like, you were like the SpongeBob meme. I, I'm a head out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I remember seeing trailers for this, uh, but yeah, that, so it's a really good hidden gem because it's not one I've thought about since, but, mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely one I remember seeing and be like, oh, that looks different for her at least. You don't yeah, really see I even, those kind of roles. I bought it right when it came out on DVD and I just never got around to watching it. This happens a lot. Rachel knows. <laughs> I buy say. movies and then I just don't watch them. So yeah. uh, I'm glad I gave it a chance. How many you got now? 3,000? Oh, I've got almost 3,800. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I, um, I gotta, I gotta get better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm running out of space. Yeah. Oh, man. Is there any yeah. room for your roommates in there? <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Have you ever seen this, uh, uh, Ryan? No, I'm similar to you, Rachel. I'd never even heard of it, but the cast intrigues me, especially Molly Shannon, which we've talked about, but especially Jesse Plemons, who is slowly becoming one of my favorite character actors or side actors going today. He was Todd in Breaking Bad. He was Gary in Game Night, which is a super underrated comedy. You all should watch it if you have not seen it. It's excellent. Oh, Game Night. So good. He was in The Irishman. He was in Vice. And and no matter my feelings on those movies, he's usually the best part. And whenever I see him, I'm like, Fat Matt Damon, Fat yeah. Matt Damon. <laughs> I say the same thing. But also, still, still, okay. he's a great actor. It's worth noting that this is an uh, semi-autobiographical film uh, by Chris Kelly, and he is a writer for SNL. Um, he lost his mom to cancer, so this is basically his story. Um, so. Mm -hmm. It comes from somebody who's established in comedy. Um, so 
if you're looking for something funny, I think this this might meet your need. It's not the funniest movie because it's very uh, heavy, but um, it's definitely it definitely has some laughs to it. Well, my next pick is what we like to call, what Ryan likes to call hard left. <laughs> An emotional cancer film. Mine is actually a television show. And sadly, it did get canceled, but it's still worth watching. And hopefully maybe some that somebody Netflix will want to do another season uh, because it's really good. It's called The Beauty and the, it's called The Baker and the Beauty, excuse me. The Baker and the Beauty. And this is based on an Israeli show with the same title. And the whole concept is you have this uh, man who is a, works for his family bakery. Uh, they're all, it's a Latino bakery in Miami. And uh, he goes uh, to this fancy restaurant with his girlfriend and his girlfriend surprises him and she proposes. And he says, no. <laughs> and so it's like this huge thing, huge spectacle. Well, when he's, uh, when he's getting uh, his, the soup off of his uh, clothes from when she throws it on him, uh, he meets this uh, woman who is this famous celebrity. And she's kind of, kind of like a Paris Hilton type, like her family had money and she does, she acts and stuff like that. Anyway, they kind of have this moment and this evening or whatever, and, it, and he ends up kind of dating this movie star. And the, the thing about it, it's more than just that. The, uh, the whole family is so great. I really loved uh, his um, sister, uh, played by um, uh, Belisa Escobedo. Uh, she was wonderful. She had, she comes out to her family and her mother really struggles uh, to deal with that. And I thought that the, the way that it was done was very, like, very honest. And I think people, uh, what people will be, really be able to relate to it. Uh, and I really liked her character a lot. And then you also have uh, Mateo, his brother, who uh, ends up becoming kind of friendly with Vanessa, his the ex-girlfriend, there's sort of that plot line going. It's just really romantic, really fun. I loved all the characters. It's like steeped in that kind of South Beach, Miami kind of culture and everything. And and uh, Natalie Kelly is the movie star and I think she does a really good job. So I just really thought it was great and I was super sad that it was cute. Uh, but maybe if enough people watch it and then maybe they'll bring it back because it's so good but that in kim's convenience it's a sad oh. time in uh, sitcom land for you rachel i know these are this is a a like 40 it's a longer hour-long show so they work kim's convenience is 22 you know the 22 minutes but um i love both of those shows so much <laughs> and, and it seems like just when I at least at least keeps convenience last five seasons. This only it was a one one season wonder, unfortunately, but it's still worth it. It's still really romantic, great casting, really great family, uh, and uh, I don't know if you like the sort of the story of someone falling in love with a a normal person falling in love with a movie star. It's almost like uh, the American version of a royal story. <laughs> 
since we don't have a royal, we kind of immediately start like the next, yeah, Naughty Hill kind of a thing, yeah, definitely. And I really liked Michelle Ventimiglia, who plays Vanessa. She's great. Uh, I don't know. It's just all really, really good. Uh, so uh, let's see. So Ryan, what about you? What's your next pick? So my final pick is from Peacock. And uh, this is a movie that I watched a lot growing up. I think I've, I was literally like around, it was, when it was released, I remember seeing it with my mom and then renting it from the library like a lot of times. I think I know this, this is one of those movies that I have like committed to memory and I can just repeat the entire movie back to you if you really want it. It's called Aquila and the Bee. Uh, this was, uh, this movie stars Kiki Palmer as a girl named Akila, who is incredibly good at spelling. Like seriously, you can give her like a like a super long word and she can spell it like that. She comes from a very uh, she comes from a very rough neighborhood, but she is given the opportunity to participate in a local spelling bee, which eventually propels her to the Scripps National Spelling Bee in Washington D.C. and uh, <clears throat> I, I just like this movie because it's it's a it's a very triumphant story. I feel uh, Kiki Palmer's really good in here. Angela Bassett, who's always really great in everything she's in, she's in here playing Akila's mom. She's really good. Uh, but the the one that takes it over the top is Lawrence Fishburne as Akila's uh, spelling coach, because they they have kind of like a Rocky and Mick kind of relationship where where Mick is like, I'm not going to train you, you're a bum. Or not like that exact dialogue, but I'm sure you get my point. But, by the, but after much grinding down, he's like, fine, I'll teach you. And they have many ups and downs, but it's all handled very well. And I had no idea that spelling bees could be riveting outside maybe the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, but there mm -hmm. it is. If you, haven't seen, if you haven't seen this movie before, it's definitely it's definitely worth watching. There's def there's a really good scene involving Scrabble and it's the most exciting Scrabble has ever been. Let's just say that. Yeah, this is a really cute movie. I think the all the performances are very good and uh, it's just one of those crowd pleasers that makes you want to cheer at the end. It's really, really fun. Yeah, Have you seen this, this is, one? This is one that I had not seen until this year, actually. Um, and so Kiki Palmer, I've always just associated her with Scream Queens because that was the first thing I ever saw her in. So it was it was really cool to watch her like be this young girl. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really cute. Um, it was well made. She was she was great in it. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good recommendation. If you want another movie about spelling bee, though, you should watch Spellbound, the documentary. Really good. All about the spelling bee. <laughs> It's really good. <laughs> All right, uh, David, what's your next pick? So um, I'm keeping with the pride theme. I talked about a lesbian film, a gay film. Let's go to a transgender film. Um, so my, my last uh, recommendation here is going to be a movie called Tangerine. Um, now, this is another movie I watched for the first time last year, and I've already watched it a second time. Um, it is by Sean Baker, uh, which a lot of us may know from The Florida Project. He directed that. 
So I love the P Florida project. So I've been curious about Tangerine for quite a while. Um, but yeah, this is a really uh, fun story uh, about these two transgender women who live in LA. And it's one of those one day hijinks films. Uh, they're, they're going on a mission, trying to find somebody. There's a lot of stuff going on all throughout one night. Um, but um, we're so used to seeing any movie about uh, a transgender woman or man uh, that's just about them suffering for being transgender. And this really doesn't go to that level. Um, it's really kind of a buddy movie and, and they have their ups and downs. Um, it's, it's got a lot of inappropriate things to it. Um, so it's not for all audiences. Um, but I, I don't know, it almost feels like a documentary. Like it just feels so natural um, seeing these two actresses do their thing. And they're actually transgender women. Um, so many, so many movies that we see that are more mainstream um, have cisgender people playing transgender characters. So that's one thing that I really appreciate th about this as well. Um, there's not a lot of big names. Um, one of the, one of the actors uh, you, you might recognize from the um, It Chapter 2 or the Sinister movies. But other than that, they're pretty small names, um, which seems to be kind of Sean uh, Baker style. Um, he likes to have people that are actually locals to whatever area he's filming in. Maybe throw in one bigger, bigger name. Um, so I definitely recommend this. And it's available on Canopy once again. But if you don't have that, it's on Tubi. If you don't have that, it's on Vudu. It's also on Pluto TV. It's also on Plex. So you got lots of options. <laughs> and I think it was shot all on iPhone. It was, right? yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention that part. So it, and it, it holds up. It, it's got pretty good quality for being all on iPhone. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things. So, yeah. Have you seen this one, Ryan? Uh, no. And actually, when I when I was reading off of David's list before we, we were recording, I was like, wait, they finally turned that book into a movie? Because context, in high school, I read a book called Tangerine, which is about a young boy who is blinded supposedly from staring at the sun too long but it was a complicated other incident and it's wow. another different thing and and i was like no those the tangerine book i read is here and the tangerine movie that david recommended is like way over there <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of content yeah. so i was really off base there but it it, def <laughs> it sounds excuse me it sounds really really interesting yeah it is um and it's it's very well reviewed as well. So um, I think all three of these have have great reviews. And look, neither of you have seen any of my three movies, so you I should know. definitely check some of them out at least. Yes. Uh -huh. All right. Well, my last pick is one I know that David has seen because they talk about it in our film group all the time. It's called Debs. <laughs> D. <laughs> D. Uh, E-B-S as in the, the government secret agency. <laughs> and uh, this, uh, this movie is just fun. It's not like great cinema. Uh, Martin Scorsese probably wouldn't like it, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about these girls that run this spy organization. And uh, there's uh, 
there's all kinds of shenanigans that go down. Uh, but they, they actually, there's some uh, lesbian members of the group. And the way that it's handled is just really effortless as if it's just like normal. And there's just so few, I feel like just pure fun uh, movies uh, for LGBTQ audiences, you know, where they're not like in pain about, and those are important. I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but I think it's also good for them just to have a fun, silly spy movie. Why not? <laughs> um, and you never really feel the budget on this, but it it uh, it's it's just a an enjoyable little romp. Uh, Jordana Brewster is the lead in it, and uh, I don't know. What do you think of this one, David? <laughs> so yeah, this movie had been recommended to me in our film club uh, by my friend Logan. So shout out Logan if you're watching, um, and. And uh, I'll just say not every movie is for every person. So I personally am not a big fan of Debs. Uh, uh-huh. I think you have to really appreciate cheese in your movies. Like think like Disney Channel original movie. Like this is like a Disney Channel original movie if it had kind of a lesbian story. Yeah, I, that's fair. Mm-hmm. I agree. And those are not necessarily my my type of movie. Um, so I am glad when people like movies that I don't like. I'm glad they have their market. So I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad about it. But it definitely was not for me. <laughs> I mean, it's. I can't defend it that loudly. It's kind of. I think it's similar to how people defend the original Mortal Kombat. Like it's a silly movie, but I don't know. It, it, there's fun to be had. I think in it. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, it's self-aware with its silly. Yeah. Like it's doing that on purpose and yeah. And Holland Taylor, she's fun in it. Uh, you might recognize her from Legally Blonde. Uh, she's the professor in Legally Blonde. Michael Clark Duncan is in it. And so if you're just looking to just have something that's silly, like a sitcom, which I, you know, I love sitcoms, mm-hmm. um, then you'll enjoy this. And so I think part of it is going in with the right expectations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that is my, have you ever heard of Debs, Ryan? No, but, uh, but Jordan, but Jordana Brewster, I, I love in the Fast and Furious movies and she's also in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot from, from 03. Mm -hmm. So I, I like her in most of the things that she's in. So I'll definitely. (laughs) I love her in the faculty. Oh, oh yeah, she wasn't that. Yeah. Wasn't that. Yeah, we have to have you because David it was always trying to get me to watch all these horror movies, mm-hmm. particularly uh, any we would watch the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to have you back when we do like a hidden jump scary movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> da- David, I'm trying to get Rachel and Conrado on the Criterion Project to review Godzilla versus Megalon with with the with the drop kick scene. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's like pulling teeth sometimes uh, to get Rachel to watch things, but um, she's expanding her horizons. So that's that's fair. Yes, she, <laughs> she did watch Night of the Living Dead last year, which is something yeah. I recommended. And so. I watched Halloween, the original. Okay. Watch Halloween, and I watched Scream. I <laughs> Uh, White Place 1 and 2. 
Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> nice. Right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking about these. Let us know if you're listening what you have been watching that features for Pride Month or for diversity. We'd love to hear your suggestions and what streaming service they are on. And uh, and David, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm the David Healy on Twitter. Um, I'm also in a Facebook group. It's not that active anymore, but um, it's called Film Freaks. Uh, you can look at Facebook dot com slash film freaks group rachel's in there too that's right yeah and ryan how can people find you uh people can find me on facebook twitter instagram and letterboxd ryan cam 20 then there's of course my youtube channel which is just called ryan cam i passed 150 subscribers as of right as of this recording i'm officially at 152 so i am super excited <laughs> for that the road to 200 begins right now but I'm just supremely grateful for everyone who has subscribed and who will be subscribing. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday, which means that yesterday, Sunday, I dropped my collab with Sean from Lost in the Real. We did a deep dive on Dispirited Away, the Hayao Miyazaki classic. Uh, today, a Monday, I dropped an AFI project video on The French Connection from 1971. Wednesday, I'll be dropping a video on Pulp Fiction for the AFI project, and then Friday, I'll be dropping a video on The Last Picture Show. And then this coming Sunday, I'm gonna be doing a bit of a retrospective on all of the Bourne movies, because I think they've gone under the radar as, as, as of late, and I'd at least like to celebrate the trilogy. So if you haven't checked out my channel, please do. Yeah, I think maybe that, that last one kind of soured people on then. I, I was very disappointed in it at least. So it'll be interesting to hear what you think of that series. Uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Please check all of that out. We're doing Teen Movie Month right now uh, on uh, For Family Movie Night. So please take a look at that. And then also check out Hello Murky's podcast this week. I'm doing a special bonus episode on Wednesday with Austin Burke, YouTuber Austin Burke. We're talking about the best of streaming 2021. So Take a look at that. It's a lot of fun. So thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk again soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.